Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Embrace. So grateful to have you with us this morning. If you are new to our community, if this is your first time or you're still getting to know us, let me just be one of the first this morning to welcome you and tell you how glad we are you have chosen to worship with the Embrace family this morning. It's always good to be together in this place. I will remind you that we have wonderful bright blue connect cards in your pew in front of you, and this is a great way to let us know if you are visiting and would like to share your information. You can also let us know if you would like information about lots of different things here on the back, and you can fill this out if you have prayer requests as well. So we have a prayer team who keeps these requests confidential, but lifts them up every single week because we believe in carrying one another's burdens and partnering together in prayer. Um, So please take advantage of these this morning if any of those things apply to you. If you fill one out or if you would like to give an offering while you are in the building this morning, you can do that in the box at the back of the sanctuary or right over here to the side. You can also always give online at embraceyourcity.com slash give. And you can always send a prayer request to prayer at embraceyourcity.com. If you missed the announcement sheet when you came in this morning, there are some on the welcome tables at both doors, and you're welcome to grab that on the way out. Or if you would like to be on the announcement email, you can tell us that on this fun card as well. So that's how you can learn about all of the things that are happening here currently. I'll also remind us this morning that we have a stream of the service available in the cafe, which is the room right across the hall. If you smelled the coffee or grabbed a donut, that's the cafe. And so at any point during the service, if it would be helpful for you to have a breather or some more space um, or just, you know, somewhere to go and, and have a break from sensory stimulation, you're welcome to hop over to the cafe and the stream will still be there and you can participate in the service that way. Um, And I think that is pretty much all of the announcements today. So I will invite our worship team to lead us in worship. Good morning. morning. As we join together this morning in worship, would you stand for our call to worship? Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
just the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the senses, tis life and health and Blessed be the poor in spirit. And um, we hear those words, we can walk into a space like this, and we can be poor in spirit. We can free ourselves from all the expectations of achievement and accomplishment and being good and righteous and, and all the questions that we have about life and all the mystery of faith. We can be free from all of that in this community here this morning, today. We can just release it. And take some time to be poor in spirit before the Lord to confess our hearts to him. So let's just take that time now as we join together in this prayer of confession. We know that nothing is able to separate us, thank God, from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's a, a tradition 
of this fellowship to take some time at this point in the liturgy to spend some time just sharing in joys that you have experienced over the past week and also laments, things that are challenging you, tough stuff that, that you've been going through. And as you're willing and able and want to do this, just kind of move throughout the room, join up with some folks near you if you like, or folks you know, or somebody you don't know, welcome them and, and spend some time just sharing uh, how things are going for you this week.
All right, as you get settled in, we're going to start back some more worship. I encourage you to stand if you like. You'll stand unless the lungs expand more. Mm, stand in the presence of the Lord. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My way. Let me know if you're feeling good. Let me hear it. If you're feeling good. Mm. If you're not feeling good, let this worship come and heal you in your heart. God be with us. Now raise a hallelujah. Sing it out. With everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah I watch the darkness flee And I raise a hallelujah In the middle of the mystery And I raise a hallelujah Lost you hold on me. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will rise. Death is defeated. The King is alive.
pray with me just for a moment. God, we are so grateful to be together here this morning. Lord, I'm so grateful for the, just the music and the voices and the songs and the way these melodies and sounds are just helping to lift our spirits up and, and help us connect with you even more. And God, we thank you that you have entered this space with us, that you were already here before we came and and that you're here with us now, and we just thank you for the ways that you're already moving in our hearts, in our bodies, and our spirits. And I just pray this morning, Lord, we could be open to you. It would be open to whatever it is you want to do in our, in our lives this morning. And God, ultimately, our prayer is that we leave here more, looking more like Jesus, 
that we are continued to be molded and shaped through the power of your Spirit to look more and more like Jesus. God, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, y'all can have a seat. My name is John Gallagher. I'm the lead pastor here at Embrace. I just want to welcome each and every one of you here this morning. Thanks for our wonderful uh, team of musicians up here. Um, most of them are guests with us this morning, but they're, they're part of our extended Embrace family. Um, and we're so grateful to have them come and, and lead us in worship this morning. It's such a gift. Um, what I'm going to do now is dismiss our kids for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. And so if you are a child who is four years old, all the way up through fifth grade in elementary school, then you are invited to participate in your own opportunity to learn and encounter God uh, through the Wonder Room. So if you are a parent and have a child in that range, um, and you've never been here before, um, or maybe you haven't been here in a long time, I ask that you walk with your child up there, and you'll meet the leaders, and then you can make sure the correct forms and all that are filled out. Um, but let's give our kids a hand as they come up, and our volunteers as well. So what we're going to do now is um, I'm going to invite Beatrice and Dustin to come up. Can you give them a hand as they come up to the front? Beatrice is our, uh, the chair of our finance team at our church, and Dustin is a member of our finance team as well. And they're going to give you all just a brief financial update. I know for some of you all, like, money, I don't want to talk about that. That's boring. Or, or I don't want to hear about that. I understand, like, talking about money in church is hard sometimes. Um, but it's important. And so we have some things we just need to update you on about our finances and then also an opportunity for you all to, to jump in and, and partner with us. And so I'm going to turn it over to Beatrice first, and then Dustin's going to share after that. Thank you. Um, good morning, church. Um, the last time I spoke to you was at the beginning of the year to tell you how we ended 2022 financially and about our budget for this year, 2023. Um, we ended 2022 in a very good place financially, bringing in several thousand dollars more, more than what we spent. And this is due to your generosity and commitment to our church. Um, it's actually really incredible that through the hard years of the pandemic and all the economic uncertainty that came with it, um, you all remained faithful in your giving. And we actually had an increase in giving every year from 2019 to 2022. So thank you, yes. Um, when, we made, when we made the budget for this year, we projected our income to stay about the same as it was last year in 2022. Well, actually, a few thousand dollars under what we brought in last year, just to be a little conservative. But while we kept our income about the same this year as what it was last year, we did increase our expenses in our budget for this year. You may remember that this increase in our expenses was mostly applied to our staff salaries. Um, last year, we had unprecedented high inflation rates, so we gave all our wonderful staff a more than well-deserved cost of living adjustment. Yes. So to meet all our expenses, we have a monthly income need of just under $27,000 a month. And at the beginning of this year, we were meeting that. But, and now for the not so great news, in the spring and in the and early summer, we saw a dip in giving. Um, we've had multiple individual and families who have generously supported Embrace 
who have had to stop giving in the past few months. Um, some have moved out of state or stopped attending, and others have faced financial challenges. And in our church our size, when we have a handful of families that stop giving at once, we feel that in our budget. And so as of the end of August, we're actually just under $24,000 behind in giving income for the year. This is not where we want to be, and we can't really keep going down this trajectory until the end of the year. Um, I do want to point out that in terms of our expenses, we are within budget. We have not spent more than what we had budgeted for. Um, it's just our income that has taken a hit this year. I, saw, I also want to say that we do have a large cushion in our checking accounts and we have savings accounts, uh, mostly due to your incredible generosity these past few years, as I mentioned earlier. So we're not running the risk of not being able to pay our bills or our staff anytime soon. Um, we just wanted to bring this to your attention, um, bring this to our church family, and be transparent about our current situation and the urgency we are feeling about this issue. Um, we really do believe we are a family, a diverse family, like Pastor Christina preached last week, and families talk about hard things and work through them together. Um, so thank you for listening, and now I'll pass it off to you. So like Beatrice mentioned, we do a lot with a little here at Embrace. Our church family is really what drives the work of the church on a week-to-week -week basis. We have a roughly 250 to 300 folks who attend on a regular basis between Sunday mornings, Monday nights, and our Wednesday night youth group. Uh, and yet we only have the equivalent of about three full-time staff, which is pretty low for a lot of churches our size. We're also incredibly generous with our space here. It's a relatively old space. We've invested a lot in it to make sure that it's a place that's welcoming, that we can share with organizations like Common Good and Matchstick Goods. Uh, and Neighbors Immigration Clinic uh, shared our space up until they moved offices recently this past summer. We feed dozens of folks in our church family and, and others in the community every Monday night. And many leave with bags of groceries as well. Besides that, we have a care ministry that visits the, the shut-in and the sick. We provide discipleship opportunities through small groups and classes. We support three different missionary families across the world. And we help people with their material needs through a small but impactful benevolence fund. <clears throat> I've heard it said that the word liturgy means the work of the people. And in that sense of the word, we share as a church family in that liturgy every week. I think Scott just mentioned that earlier. We do that when we come together to worship on Sunday mornings. We do that when we come together to serve on a regular basis. And I think in a very real sense, when we do this when we give together as well. Our giving not only helps to pay for the work of God's people, I think it's a spiritual discipline that itself is the work of the people. It's both how we afford to do all of the things that we do, and it's an act of faithfulness. I also think that in a world that worships wealth or mammon or the market god or whatever you want to call it, giving some of our financial resources to our god of abundance is a way to resist the money worship that surrounds all of us. For me, at least, it's become a really important spiritual practice in declaring my allegiance to Yahweh and my rejection of mammon. I know that for many, discussing giving in church comes with a lot of baggage. Many churches have promised prosperity in return for tithes. Others have guilted people, particularly people living on the economic margins, into giving more than they had to live off of. And we don't do that here. You may have noticed 
uh, in most weeks that we, we almost don't even mention it. And sometimes I think that's a little bit of an overcorrection. But I've also admired the way that we as a church are generous, even without an emphasis being placed on giving on a weekly basis. But today, I get to place an emphasis on it. <laughs> most of us actually give on a regular basis. And that's more than can be said for most churches, I think. But if you have not increased your giving in the past couple of years, and you think you have room to do that, I'm encouraging you to take that step. Others of us uh, have recently come and found a home here at Embrace. And if that's you and you feel like this is your church community, but you haven't started giving yet, I'm encouraging you to start doing that as well. Embrace is not a traditional nonprofit, nor should we be. We're a church family. So I'm not up here fundraising or making a pitch. Instead, I'm calling us as a family to faithfully work to bring about the redemptive work of Christ in the world. Amen? So I pray that we do that joyfully and generously. I'll just finish by saying that if this is a triggering issue for you, talking about giving in church, I get that. And if you want to talk more about that or share your concerns, Beatrice and I are really, really happy to have that conversation. This is a topic that we're passionate about, and we're very open to hearing from you. So with that, I'm going to hand it back over to John. Awesome. Thank you. That, that was a lot of clapping for a financial presentation. So, I mean, that was really neat. I know. I mean, y'all were really excited about that one. That's good. Um, we're going to have just a, a brief time of prayer at the altar like we do each week. And so if you would like to join me um, kneeling, you're welcome to, but you can also remain in your seats. Um, but if you enjoy praying with that posture, you're welcome to come kneel at the altar. I'll just give us a moment of silence just to breathe, some space to be reminded that God is here with us, that God's Spirit is moving in us and through us. God, we come to you this morning together in community, desiring to know you more, desiring to be met by you. We come here desiring to change, to grow, to connect. Lord, we come here this morning caring many burdens and a lot of pain and some deep grief, 
and loss. We come here often feeling powerless, feeling overwhelmed, feeling burdened by just all the challenges that we're facing in our lives. And God, we just ask that you would meet us here. God, I ask that you would mourn with those who are mourning, that you would rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And that, God, we could feel your presence with us here in this space, that we would know that we are okay with you, that we are welcome with you, and that we are safe in your arms. God, we just want to thank you for all the good things that you do for us each and every day, the ways that you show up for us, the ways that you just kind of bring things together for good in our lives, and and those kind of unexplainable things that just happen that just make us look to you with gratitude. We thank you, Lord, that you are walking with us through the hard things in life. We thank you, Lord, that you are our friend, particularly in those moments when we have broken relationships or we feel lonely. We thank you, Lord, that you're not afraid of our darkest and most intense feelings, that you're willing to go to those places with us. And God, we thank you that you can even bring comfort to us in our deepest moments of grief. God, this morning on my mind are are some people who are, are struggling, folks who have lost loved ones in their lives that they love dearly, people who are facing just family challenges and problems that are stressing them out, people who are dealing with issues with housing and and just can't seem to find a good place to live. People who are feeling lonely. God, there is so much that we need right now. And God, I just pray that you would be near to us and that you would speak a word of peace and life to us in the midst of our challenges that we are facing. God, I also pray that you would lift our eyes and lift our ears to to see and to hear you this morning, and that, Lord, we could even experience a little joy, a little lightness, some grace, some love, Lord, through our time that we spend here together. God, we love you so much. We thank you that you walk with us and that we don't travel this journey alone. Now we'll join together and pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue on in this series that we started a couple weeks ago, looking at our values at our church. We have six values that kind of guide um, our life together as our congregation, guide the decisions we make, the direction we go in. And, and they become very important to us, and they're very unique to us. You know, another church may have different values, and that's okay. 
Um, these are kind of unique values that really help um, describe who Embrace is um, here in this community. And we talked about a couple weeks ago that what we value really influences the way we live and act in this world. And you, and you see the way people live their lives and deal with conflicts and make decisions, and often that's driven by the things that they value. And it's true for churches, it's true for organizations, it's true for families. And so a few years back, we wanted to really nail down kind of who we are and what do we want um, to really make up who we are at Embrace. What are our values that we want to guide us? And so um, I'll just give you a recap of where we've been, and then you can see the ones where we're going as well. Uh, we started by talking about Jesus at the center, and that's the most important one. Uh, last week, Christina um, just preached a, a wonderful sermon on church equals diverse family. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. Um, it's really, really important to hear, particularly in this moment um, in, our, in our history of our world right now. Um, today we're going to talk about our third, keep it real. The next one is that we're comfortable with being uncomfortable. The fifth one is that we're gritty Christ followers. And the last one is that we're neighborhood focused. And so we're going to talk about each of those each week. And so we're not kind of following particular uh, text in the scriptures necessarily over the next few weeks. Um, but all this stuff has really come from our deep study of scripture, lots of conversation and discernment. So today, um, I already mentioned our value we're going to talk about is that we keep it real, and, and I just want to say something before I get into it, like, what I'm going to say today is, like, really important to me, and, and it's very simple, um, but it's something that, that I've just been thinking a lot about recently. You know, as I think about people I know and, and people that I'm connected to, like, people are really struggling and really just struggling to keep going in life sometimes. And, and sometimes it's all we can do just to take one more step. And I meet people over and over and over again that are just really struggling. They have questions and they have doubts. And the sad reality is that church is sometimes the last place someone would ever consider coming to when they're in that kind of space in their life. I was talking to my brother in North Carolina last week, and, and he was just talking about, he's like, I can't even imagine inviting someone to church in our culture right now. Because people just think of church as a place that's not really there for them. It's not a place where they really fit and belong. And I just think that's sad. You know, I think, I think church has often put up way more barriers than we need to. <laughs> and, and we make it so hard sometimes for people to feel like they can truly just be at rest and at peace um, in a community. And, and so a lot of my message is really driven by some of that that's on my heart uh, right now. As I said, I was in North Carolina last weekend, and on our way home, Laura and I were having a conversation uh, while Kai was sleeping in the back seat, and on our way home, we were just talking about and lamenting in a way how hard it is to find a group of people that you can trust enough just to be 100% real with. Like How hard it is to find people in your life or a group of people in your life that you can really just be yourself with. I'm talking about those people who can handle your worst moments, the people who can handle that intense doubt that you may be having, who can hold you in your grief and in your loss, people who are there for you and, and will hold your insecurities and your fears, people who are willing to hold it all, but all the good and the bad and the ugly. You know, throughout my whole life, I, I've struggled with some pretty serious insecurity um, a lot of anxiety. Um, earlier in my life, a lot of loneliness and pain. And, and 
people who knew me would never probably know that because I kept a lot of that inside. I didn't feel like I could really share my inner world uh, with those around me. When I was young, I, I worried about if I was truly myself, I would be made fun of or I would look weak or I would be rejected. Throughout teenage and college years, like, honestly, my college years were some of the worst years uh, for me. I, I just felt really lonely on a regular basis. And, and I didn't find those spaces where I felt like I could truly just be me. And I'm going to be accepted. And I'm going to be loved regardless. You know, one reason I loved Laura from such a, a young age is that she really became that kind of person for me. Someone who accepted and loved me and saw me for who I was and wanted me to be me. As an adult, I feel like it's, it's almost harder sometimes when we get older to find those spaces, that kind of community. Um, this past summer, I told you all about in May, I went on uh, a trip to the gorge with some men. And, and we went there and we just shared uh, some time together. I didn't know some of these guys before this trip, but it was a small group of us. And I experienced on that trip that kind of acceptance and belonging. I felt like from the start, I could just be who I was. And it was okay. Even as a pastor, I could talk about my doubts and my fears, and it was okay. I could share my, my joys, and, and we could share even love for one another in that space, and it was okay. And it felt good to me, I think mainly because it's so rare and so hard to find that kind of space where you're truly accepted and valued for who you are. And you can be your authentic self without fear of judgment or rejection. And I, I don't think it should be that rare to find that, particularly among us who claim the Christian faith. And my dream, my dream is that our church could be that kind of place. It could be a place that encourages people to be real, to be their authentic selves and bring their authentic selves to this community. A, a church that really allows people space to breathe and to doubt and to wrestle and to question and to celebrate and to dance and to cry and to grieve and to be lost and to be found. A space that's really open to all of it. I dream of a church that's truly open-handed, where we just have our hands open, saying, come on. I mean, our name is Embrace, so it shouldn't be too far of a stretch to, to live into that. But often our churches instead can be heavy-handed and not open-handed. I would love for us to be a place that chooses to accept and love people exactly where they're at and for who they are. You know, for, for those of us who've spent any amount of time in church, some of y'all may be thinking, yeah, that's not what church usually is, you know. Churches can often be, and I speak from this as someone who loves the church, but churches can often be judgy, they can be very overbearing, be shaming. Churches can be very stifling to people. Some things that I've seen, common themes in some places, and we can always, we can go down this path pretty easily. But in these types of spaces, sadness is usually not welcome. If you're sad in church for too long, people will often just tell you to cheer up. I've heard that too many times to count. Depression is often called a lack of faith. Often grief makes people really uncomfortable. Anger is not permitted. If you ever show any type of rage or just deep anger, you might get kicked out. Deep questions are often answered with simple truisms. Do you know what a truism is? It's just a very simple statement 
that, that may be true, but not really all that deep. You know, it's like, well, God loves you. You know, well, yeah, God loves me, but that doesn't meet the, the feeling that I'm having right now. Most things can be black and white, and there's often little room for gray and mystery. Certainty is the goal, and confusion or doubt is often seen as from the evil one. In these kinds of church environments, what happens is people often show up playing a part with masks on, you know, hiding their true self so that they'll be accepted and can be a part of the community. And in my experience, and this is just me, and I've felt this even more recently, sometimes Christians can be the hardest people to be around when you're going through hard seasons of life. Like I'm talking if you're in a low season for a long period of time, sometimes Christians are the people you don't really want to go be around because you're worried of what they might say to you or they might not be able to handle that very well. Here's an example. I was at a funeral once. Someone I know was crying, and a Christian woman approached her and said, you shouldn't be crying because you are a Christian. And that's an extreme example. But this kind of stuff is, is, is more common, I think, than we would like to admit. That kind of mentality is prevalent in Christian spaces. If you linger too long in sadness, then you must lack faith, and you don't trust God enough to comfort you. Churches can often be places where people show up with smiles on their faces, but inside are just full of stress and pain and struggles. And my dream is that church could be a different kind of place, a place that truly encourages people to be real, to be real, to bring their authentic self to the community. One of my favorite uh, Bible scholars, his name is Walter Brueggemann. If you have heard me preach some, you've probably heard me mention him. But he, he's done a lot of work studying the Old Testament and done a lot of work in the Psalms and the prophets. And this is where I've really just been impacted by some of what he shared. And one thing he talks a lot about is that the writers of the Psalms, these poets who wrote the Psalms and these prophets, which they're very similar, the poet and the prophet, were people who would be brutally honest. They were brutally honest. And he talked about how they were folks who were willing to speak the truth in times of lies and deception. We're living in times of lies and deception, so I think we need more poets and prophets, right? I want you all to consider this. Go read through the Psalms. You could actually read, if you read five Psalms a day, you could read through all of them in one month. But I encourage you to go read through the Psalms. And the Psalms are the songbook of the Israelites. This is what they went to for their prayers and their worship music. Now I want you to ask the question as you read through them, do these Psalms sound much like our Christian songs today? The Psalms, there's a lot of celebration and joy in the Psalms, but there's also a lot of doubt. There's violent thoughts in the Psalms. You find rage sadness, loneliness, grief. Yet a lot of our church music today is really only positive and encouraging, and that's all that it really talks about. Failing to really deal with the harsh realities of life. I believe if we invited one of the poets who wrote the Psalms to come to embrace, we could do that somehow, you know, invite an ancient poet to come. And, and we're like, we want you to share a song with us this morning. And they got up and they picked one of their selections and sang... There's a good chance they would sing something that would make us really uncomfortable at church. We may even lose some people over that, you know, because we're like, y'all let them sing that in church, talk about that kind of stuff. 
Because they're probably going to talk to God about whatever it is they were experiencing. Whether it be something beautiful and joyful or something like a lot of anger or doubts or frustration. And this was part of the songbook of the Israelites. This was part of their worship life. I think we need to recover some of that in our church. I encourage you to read through the prophetic books of the Bible. That'll take you longer than a month because there's a lot more of those. Um, I'm talking like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Those are the longer ones that they call the major prophets. Um, They're only major because they're longer books. The minor prophets are shorter books. And there's Amos, Hosea. There's a lot of different ones. But I encourage you to go read those. And they're speaking on behalf of God in these books many times. And ask whether these sound like our sermons from today. These prophets were brutally honest. They talked about the pain and suffering of the poor and the devastation and destruction around them. Used vivid imagery to describe this stuff. They called out those in power who were oppressing the weak and neglecting to pursue justice and care for the common good. If I invited one of the biblical prophets to come and preach at Embrace, I'm sure they would be labeled um, as being too political or too radical. And there would certainly be some people leaving Embrace after that uh, guest speaker. You can't say that in church would probably be a likely response. Brueggemann said something on a podcast a few years ago that I can't get out of my head, and it's really always comes back to me. But he said, church shouldn't be the happiest place in town, but should be the most honest place in town. And I agree with that statement. Our third value at Embrace is that we keep it real, and I just want to read what we have on our website, because I, I still believe it. We wrote this quite a few years back. It says, we try our best to practice vulnerability and authenticity. We fight the urge to only present our best self to others by practicing confession and openness. Here's the quote again. Brueggemann once said, church shouldn't be the happiest place in town, but should be the most honest place in town. We celebrate life's joy and grieve life's pain. We acknowledge when we don't know the answer to the question. We rejoice, we give thanks, and we lament. We understand that our words ought to be backed up by action. Now, of course, we don't fully live into this, but this is an aspiration. This is a hope. This is a dream. That Embrace can be a church where people can truly be themselves without that fear of rejection or harsh judgment. I just want to ask you a few questions. You can silently think about them. Have you ever come to church and recited a creed? We talk about what we believe and doubted whether you truly believe those words. Have you ever come to church feeling really low and the words to the songs we were singing did not connect with you at all or maybe even infuriated you? Do you ever get sick of people asking how you are doing because the true answer is usually not positive? Have you ever felt like God is a million miles away from you? Do you ever feel like God is intentionally punishing you or neglecting you? Do you ever feel overwhelmed and weighted down by the immense suffering and pain in our world? Does your love and compassion for others lead you to question some of the things that you've been taught in church growing up? Have you ever felt enraged by the injustice and oppression perpetrated by professing Christians in America? 
Have you ever been afraid of death, wondering if this is all there is? These are questions that I've heard lots of people ask and wrestle with. And to be honest with you, these are questions I wrestle with as well, often on a regular basis. Regardless of how you answer those questions, I want you to know you're welcome at Embrace. And I believe it's okay to wrestle and to have doubts and to be confused and to feel overwhelmed and to not be okay sometimes. You know, we are finite humans. We are limited. You know, we are limited by this human skin that we are wearing, and we're traveling difficult journeys in a broken world. (laughs) And we're traveling these journeys that are often full of wonder and joy and mystery and beautiful things, but these journeys are also full of suffering and loss and difficulties. I believe all of us are searching for meaning and purpose, and we're trying to find the divine and to find God all around us, and it's often very confusing and very challenging. We're trying our best to love ourselves and to accept ourselves in a culture that's constantly telling us we're not enough. Most of us are just trying our best to keep moving forward. And I believe church ought to be a space, a place that is really a spacious place with room for all of it. With room for all of us to breathe and to learn and to grow and to connect and to get to know God at our own pace. I think church should be a place that tells people they are loved and accepted more than it tells them they are broken and sinful. My dream is that our churches could be true houses of hospitality that welcome travelers on life's journey with open arms, regardless of who they are and regardless of where they're at in their journey. And I believe as we better live into that dream and we have that kind of wide embrace then I'm confident that a lot of us will begin to have more and more courage to be more vulnerable, to be more open about where we're at, to share our authentic selves with each other, and to be truly open to one another and to God. That's my dream, and and I believe I share that dream with many of you as well. And and my hope is that we can just continue to walk down that path and that that church could be that kind of space where people can come and realize, man, I'm accepted here, and I can be me, and I can share all of me, and I'm still going to be loved. And I think that's actually going to lead to growth and transformation. That's going to lead that grace and that spaciousness, I believe, is what facilitates true growth and true discipleship and true transformation into looking more and more like Jesus. We're going to share communion this morning, and we share communion Every week, and I think communion is a beautiful image of what we're talking about here. It's what I talked about with Jesus at the center the first week, what Christina talked about last week of this diverse family of all different types of people coming forward together. And it's a beautiful representation of what we're talking about with seeking to keep it real and also having a table that's big enough for everybody to come and be who they are. Because I believe when Jesus hosts a meal, when you read through the Gospels and Jesus hosts meals and invites people over, he invites people to come as they are, so much so that people criticized him because they did not think he should be sharing meals with the people he shared meals with. Because he didn't ask them to put on nicer clothes, he didn't ask them to do this or that, or or stop being so upset, or to cheer up. No, he said, come, my table's open to you and I want you to be here. And every week we share communion And it ought to be a reminder to us of how big and how wide and how massive Jesus' table is. 
Um, it'd be really neat if we could do communion around a big table every week. Um, and we could all just squeeze in there. Um, because that's really what we're talking about here. It's a dinner table. It's a place where everybody's welcome, where everybody has enough, and you can be you. As long as you're willing to come and not hurt anybody else, you're willing, you're welcome here in this space. And so Jesus welcomes us all to the table. In our tradition, we practice an, an open table, um, which means essentially that everybody's welcome to come. There's no restrictions on who can take communion and share this with us. If, if you're interested and you want to do this with us and you have an in, inkling to, to know God more in some way, then, then you're invited to, to do this with us. And I'm going to pray for us before we share communion, and, and then I'll invite you all to come forward. But let's bow our heads. God, we are so grateful to be here together today. Lord, we are grateful that your embrace is so wide that it can include all of us. We're also grateful, Lord, that you're not put off by us, um, that, God, you're not uncomfortable with us bringing our whole selves to you, that you want to know us, you want to be in relationship with us, and that you want to know the deepest parts of us. And God, I pray that you would help us as your, as your body to, to offer that same kind of love and interest and empathy and compassion for others. That we could have eyes perhaps to see through the, the mask and the distractions and, and all the things that, the barriers that are in place to, to see people for who they are, that they are all children who are loved by you. And help us to see ourselves that way as well. God, I pray you pour out your Holy Spirit on this bread and juice, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh way, and that we would leave here changed, because we've encountered you, the living and loving and, and beautiful God that we worship. Lord, we love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. We take communion hereby. We'll form two lines down the center aisle. When you come forward, your server will tear off a piece of bread for you. Um, and then they'll actually dip it in the cup for you and hand it to you. Um, if you need to... Um, have a Kleenex or some at the end when you're done if you need to clean up it all. But um, everybody's welcome to come. No matter who you are, you're invited to join us. And so um, just a moment, I'm going to give them the elements and then you'll be invited to come forward. If you would prefer to take communion on your own uh, with prepackaged elements, then you're welcome to do that. We have some at the back of the room, and we also have gluten-free options at the front. Just let your server know. 
Um, if you'd like me to pray with you or talk with you about anything, I'd love to do that. Um, I'll just be over here to this side of the stage. Just come find me, and I'd love to, to chat with you or pray with you if you need that. Um, but whenever you're ready, uh, come on and, and share communion with us.
Thank you all so much for being here today. Um, I hope that um, God was speaking to you in some way, and uh, prayers that we can take whatever God was doing in our hearts and minds and take it with us and really seek to, to live out the things that God's doing in our lives as we gather together. So if y'all would prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.